Jesus came and took Peter's mother-in-law by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she served them. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we celebrate one of the great feasts in all of human history. The Feast of the Almighty, All-Powerful, and All-Super Bowl. I love how the planners of the lectionary, um, and the lectionary is that schedule of readings that we have each week, how they always seem to account for these special occasions, or at least the Holy Spirit anyway, uh, tends to do uh, his work on these special occasions. Did you notice Uh, In the reading from the prophet Isaiah, at the end of the reading, it says, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. (laughs) And, of course, that was reflected in our opening hymn, Born as on eagles' wings, safely his saints he sustaineth. Just saying. But that's not all. Uh, In today's gospel, we actually encounter Jesus and his disciples on this very same feast of the Super Bowl. Back in those days, the Super Bowl was on Saturday because that is the true Sabbath, and it's Saturday in the gospel reading. And as you know, in more recent times, um, as Sunday became the primary day of worship for Christians, Uh, the Super Bowl people, whoever they are, decided to transfer the feast of the Super Bowl to Sunday, which is why we have it on Sundays now. But back in Jesus' day, the Super Bowl was actually on Saturday. Isn't church history so interesting? (laughs) So in today's gospel, it is the Sabbath, and Jesus and his disciples have just come from the synagogue. Actually, we're picking up from last week's reading. Remember last week, Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath with his disciples. He's teaching with authority, and then he casts out a demon, and all who are there are amazed. Well, today we pick up where we left off. So it's like Jesus and his disciples were there in the synagogue, and and they leave uh, like we will do after we gather here for church, and they head over to Simon's house. Now, you know who Simon is, right? Simon Peter. Okay. And if you if you really do some good exegesis uh, on the scriptures, you'll find that some of the texts actually say they head over to Simon's house to watch the big game. And everyone is very excited, uh, not only for the game, and I don't remember who was playing this particular year from Mark's gospel. I think New England was still in it, but I, f- <laughs> I forget the other team. But not only are they excited for the big game, but also because Peter's mother-in-law is famous for her game day nacho supreme. (laughs) Now, it's also worth noting before I go on that um, Peter, who will go on to become the first bishop of Rome, has a mother-in-law, which means that Peter has a wife. I just mention that because this text comes up once every three years, and it's probably worth mentioning. It's an interesting um, uh, text uh, from the New Testament, worth pondering. 
So they arrive at Peter's house, and they are very disappointed to learn that Peter's mother-in-law is sick in bed with a very serious fever. Naturally, they don't want Peter's mother-in-law to be sick, but to be honest, they're also a little bummed that they're going to miss her famous game day, Nacho Supreme. So they have an idea. Jesus, could you heal Peter's mother-in-law? Jesus goes in, takes her by the hand, lifts her up, and we're told that the fever left her and she served them. My guess is that she served them her famous game day, Nacho Supreme. Okay, I'm making up all the stuff about the Super Bowl and the nachos, obviously. Just to emphasize, though, this tiny detail in this one verse, that this woman, after she's laying sick in bed for how many days we don't know, with a fever, a serious illness, Jesus takes her by the hand, she is miraculously healed, and what does she do? She immediately serves the guests in her home. It was in a Bible study this past week that it was pointed out uh, by one of the women at the Bible study, why is this woman getting up and serving all these men after she's been laying in bed sick with a fever? Couldn't they take care of themselves for goodness sake? Or I like uh, the title that Chris Craig Jones, our assistant for pastoral care, he proposed this title for this week's sermon, Why the Disciples Can't Make Their Own Sandwiches. (laughs) She serves them. And there is nothing wrong with serving others. Indeed, hospitality is its own spiritual gift. Even today, when we have guests coming over, the person who is in charge of the kitchen is usually not to be interfered with. It is in many respects an honor and a privilege to serve others. And one gets the sense that Peter's mother-in-law, had she not been sick in the first place, would have served this group immediately upon arrival. This is just what she was wired to do. Her illness impeded her service. Her healing is indeed cause for great rejoicing then, not merely because the illness is gone, but because she's no longer prevented from the service to which she is called in the first place. She's not prevented from administering her spiritual gifts. So if we look at the story beneath the story, what we see is not a woman serving a group of men, but a faithful woman who's not only been healed, but she's also been strengthened and renewed by our Lord Jesus Christ, And she then, in turn, immediately proceeds to serve him, to serve Jesus. This story from today's gospel is not just a story of how Jesus heals, though it is that. He'll go on later in the evening of this same Saturday to heal crowds of people who flock to Peter's house. It's not just a story about how Jesus heals. It's also a story about how we spend our time when we're healthy, about what kind of stewards we are of our health. How do we spend our time in prayer? How do we spend our time in service? And this story reveals a fairly common phenomenon, that generally speaking, we humans are much more 
uh, inclined to pray when something has gone wrong in our lives. Praying comes much more naturally and quite quickly. And indeed, many a faithful Christian got back on the spiritual road by way of a, a kind of bargaining with God in a time of crisis. Lord, if you would just get me through this, I promise I'll fill in the blank. When we or when a loved one is sick or injured or afraid, it is much easier to pray to God for help, for healing, for intervention, for some kind of miraculous solution. As one commentator put it, for one prayer that goes up to God in days of prosperity, 10,000 go up in time of adversity. Many a man who has never prayed when the sun is shining begins to pray when the cold wind blows. God knows I can identify with this. Now, to be clear, there is absolutely nothing wrong with praying to God in times of need. In fact, the scripture is filled with invitations for us to do so. St. Paul famously writes, Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. St. James says, Is anyone suffering? Is anyone sick? Call the elders of the church. Let them pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And of course, you remember Jesus' words when he just straight up says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open. There's absolutely nothing wrong with praying to God in times of need, making our requests known to him, and trusting that he will indeed answer our prayers, provide for our needs, heal our bodies and souls. That said, if these are the only times that we pray, when things are bad or when we need assistance, well, that sort of speaks for itself in terms of the quality of the relationship that we have with God. It's like that family member or that friend who only turns up when they need something. Or I'm reminded of that story of the giving tree, which I know I've spoke of before, where the little boy befriends a tree and the tree keeps giving and giving to the boy until the boy is an old man and the tree is just a stump. And even then, the tree continues to give uh, of, of himself to this, little, to this now tired old man, gives the stump for the man to sit on. How often does our relationship with God look like that story of the giving tree? Or imagine a spousal relationship between husband and wife when one person is always giving, the other is always taking, and there is no reciprocity. It's probably not what we would describe as a healthy relationship. No, the best kinds of relationships, the most healthy relationships, are the two-sided kind. And our relationship with God in Christ is really no different. And actually, it is also a spousal relationship. Christ is the bridegroom, and we, the church, are his bride. In truth, God is like that giving tree. That's a beautiful picture of the nature of God, that God will continue to love and to give no matter what our responses are to him. <clears throat> but we do well to remember that he created us in his image, to also be giving trees. 
And in terms of our relationship with him, that means spending time with him, giving ourselves to him, honor and honoring and cherishing him, not because we need something from him, but because we love him. We love him because he first loved us. Again, the same commentator writes, God is not someone to be used in the day of misfortune. He is someone to be loved and remembered every day of our lives. And here we see an example of this wonderfully healthy relationship with God in our Lord himself in today's gospel. After a very full Sabbath day, he's been to the synagogue and he's taught and he's healed. He goes to Peter's home and he continues healing. That evening, whole crowds of people show up at the house where he goes out and heals more sick and casts out more demons late into the evening. And what does he do the next day after serving God the Father? He does not sleep in. He wakes up before dawn, goes out to a quiet place and prays to our Father in heaven. Our Lord's work, his mission and ministry, his service is rooted in his loving relationship with God the Father through God the Holy Spirit. We see what a wonderful steward he is with his time. And if our Lord uses his time this way, well, what does that